Hello and welcome to the next edition of this Harrington Star podcast. Whether it's Fintech Focus TV you're listening to or our diversity and inclusion specials, we hope you're enjoying the shows and please do subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Liza Russell, the CEO of Inbotica, the next generation intelligent business email platform for high volume and group mailboxes. Inbotica is a Barclays Textiles Accelerator and is taking Outlook by storm. They also play a pivotal role in the fintech sector. And Liza is here today to share her story with us. So thank you so much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. Thank you, Nadia. Hi. Hi. Um, so to start with, um, what can you tell us about Embotica and why should we all be using it? Okay, so Embotica actually transforms email and makes it fit for purpose for business. Um, our intelligent business email platform solves all of the problems of a communication tool that was not really designed for business and high volume shared mailboxes. In fact, if you think about emails, I don't know what your mailbox is like, but, but sort of on a, on a group mailbox level, it's, it's literally now beyond human scale. There's something like 124 billion business emails sent every day. I mean, it's, it's just got completely uncontrollable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I guess our, our, our enterprise email um, platform it contains an analytics platform um, and it actually enables you to track, manage, execute and action tasks that are sent through by email. And what that means is for these really high volume shared mailboxes, it means having complete management oversight through kind of a dashboard that gives you an audit trail, it reduces operational and regulatory risk because every single email is executed. And if not, you can see exactly what's happened because it's timestamped for every single person that's touched it. Um, the platform itself has uh, in-depth sort of data analytics that also enables you to see such detail for things like continuous improvement, um, root cause problem solving when something's gone wrong you can actually see exactly where it's gone wrong and, and the greatest thing that we're seeing at the moment is with regards to sort of this new, new normal um, sort of for remote working uh, as a manager you have complete oversight of your team and what they're doing you are able to see that you're providing customer service um, in terms of the turnaround timescales, you can see that absolutely every single thing has been executed by that cutoff time, by that deliverable time. So it, it gives you all of that. It obviously increases your customer service levels. Um, and because of the way it works, it enables you to increase productivity, kind of look at cost savings, um, and, and actually gives that whole complete structure around email, which you just don't get with any other solution. I think that sounds great, especially right now, like especially that bit that you spoke about where you can have visibility of your team and exactly what's getting done. I mean, that is so, so relevant to exactly what's going on. Um, so a little bit more about you then. Um, 
I know that one person's CEO and, and what their role encompasses is very different to another's. So it'd be really good for you to share with the audience exactly what, what your role entails and encompasses day to day. Um, so, so that's a very good question. <laughs> and I'd like to say I can just answer it literally with, with a one line. Um, do you know what? It, working in a very small um, kind of startup, I mean, we're now what we call an early sort of stage growth company, but we're just starting to scale. Um, my role, I like to call myself the chief everything officer. That's what CEO stands for. Because, chief everything officer, amazing. Yeah, because basically I, um, I'm supported by a really great team, but ultimately I'm responsible for kind of managing the whole kind of cash flow. Um, I'm looking at the sales pipeline. Um, I'm responsible for kind of HR, um, recruitment, I'm responsible for sort of the marketing and, and because of my background in financial services and, and where we're predominantly kind of our market is, um, I'm very much part of that kind of client stakeholder relationship sort of team as well. So apart from actually um, buying the coffee maybe and cleaning the toilets, I just literally do everything else. But obviously with the support of my team, that's, you know, I, I have a great team as well. Well, I think I'm going to quote you on that, the chief everything. And I'm going to talk about your team as well, because I think that's, um, that's something that definitely stands out about you. And we're going to hear more about that in a minute. But your people first attitude, I think, I think really sets you apart. Um, but before we get there, what is it like being a Barclays Techstars Accelerator? Because um, not everybody knows exactly what that is and what that encompasses. So it'd be great if you could share that. Yeah, sure. So um, we were incredibly um, fortunate to be um, selected to be part of the um, Techstars Barclays um, Accelerator. And um, it's effectively a 12 week programme where you are invited as part of a cohort um, to join the, the team. At, a sort of a team that's based that's um, set up from Barclays and from Techstars so you kind of get the the, the the fintech feel for this where you've got Techstars which is a fantastic network of, of kind of entrepreneurs um, and in investors as well as um, you've got the Barclays sort of side where you get the Barclays management team that come in from their innovation office and this 12-week program is effectively a business development course <laughs> with pace and I mean with pace. Um, it, it was a great opportunity. And um, the, the whole program enabled us to meet over 100 kind of industry um, and business experts who come in um, and they, they call it mentor madness. And it's um, over about three weeks and you meet over 100 people in like a speed dating exercise to really decide um, who could give you the best kind of coaching and business development support, as well as um, opportunities to meet other entrepreneurs. So they do sort of founder stories where fabulous men and women come in and talk their, their journey through with you, warts and all. Um, founder so, stories. They're such oh, it's great. It's so inspiring. So, yeah. so inspiring. Um, so yeah, so at the end of it, that the sort of the, the key requirement through it all is that you're, you know, you're able to take away all of the learnings from this kind of business development course in terms of your go-to-market strategy, you know, what your, um, what, what your pitch is for when you're going for, for sort of serious investment, um, and it, it all sort of culminates in what they call demo day, 
which um, Ludre is uh, Ludre Stevens is one of the co-founders for Embotica, along with um, his his sort of a friend and work colleague called Vishal Shanberg. Um, absolutely great guys. They are the founders, so they sort of founded Embotica. And Vishal actually comes from Mumbai, and we were able to um, fly him over to London. We it's based the program's based in London in the Rise office in in Shoreditch. And he was able to experience the whole 12, week, 12 weeks with us. And Ludre actually did the pitch for Demo Day, which is it goes out to several hundred investors um, that are there. So this could be anything from corporate investors to angel investors to VCs. They all come along and you pitch your, your company and your product. So it's just a great, great opportunity. And we, you know, we still, this happened last year, we're still in contact with a lot of people from from that group and our cohort um, again was was pretty inspiring we were probably the only company out of the cohort of 10 that that already had um, like a client base um, some of them literally were at kind of the, the sort of M MVP stage so the minimum viable product so they'd they'd got the idea they'd got the vision and they were still in the process of creating something um, but had no clients uh, and so it was a really kind of diverse group of people. Um, there was another female founder, which was great. So, you know, there was a couple of women that were kind of CEOs um, in the program. It was very impressive, very professional, and just a fantastic opportunity to meet so, so many people across the industry. But yeah, really, really good opportunity. And sounds like such a, um, a steep learning curve as well. Like that's so exciting. So I can imagine you had people who are who are experts in their fields, but being able to have this 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 very fast, intensive learning course on business development and pitching and demos. Um, that that sounds really really exciting. And I can imagine a lot of people will now go and Google and work out how they can they can apply themselves. Um, yeah. The people that listen to this podcast series come from um, lots of different backgrounds um, and will be really interested to hear your journey to CEO. Um, so if you could share that with us, that would be great. Yeah, sure. So I, I started, gosh, over 20 years ago now, um, yeah, in, in kind of um, in, in financial services. I actually started off um, as, a, as a telephony agent um, for NatWest Bank, <laughs> literally taking the calls when people come in and ask their banking, what's my balance? Has my gas bill been paid today? Those kind of questions. And I started part-time. I had uh, young children. Uh, I think I started off at eight hours a week. So um, really, really, really part-time. Um, but actually from there, just really enjoyed what I was doing, enjoyed um, the opportunity to kind of be part of a, a team that was um, very much using technology, state-of-the-art technology at the time. So the call centres, the telephony centres, you know, all the phones are set up with the computer apps on them. And, you know, even 20 years ago, it was quite sophisticated. It was, it was okay. It, you know, it was kind of clever stuff, but actually it just gave me a feel for customer services and, and banking. Um, and I moved my way through. So I just, um, went through from um, NatWest to staying with the group, staying with the RBS group and moving into private and then commercial banking um, and, and sort of that's various different roles, very much in back office and kind of operational roles, but sort of moved my way through to sort of management to the management level and then kind of senior management level. Um, kind of felt I'd hit a bit of a, maybe a, a sort of a, a, a stop when, um, about five years ago when I was part of 
a sort of a small team, a project team involved in remediation um, exercises that were going on in one of the banks that I worked for. And um, really decided that actually I wanted to do something different. I went to PwC, um, which fantastic learning curve, very, very different, very, very different to working in banking. Um, you know, I ended up going to Poland, um, I ended up going to Scotland, to, to Belfast, or various different sort of countries doing different projects, but still didn't feel that was actually right for me. And then I got approached a couple of years ago, um, about two years ago now, to get involved with Embotica. So I actually had a demo, Ludre um, gave me this demo of this workflow sort of technology platform. And it was really interesting because I'd, I'd seen one very similar on a project, which I thought, wow, let me see what this does. Well, this, so, so the core product for us is called You Do Mal. Um, and it just blew me away. And I got so excited and said, this, this is the answer. <laughs> this, I've worked in these teams where this would have been fantastic. We, I've not seen anything like it. Let, let me get involved. And from there, I came in really just to help restructure and kind of um, build the business and grow and scale it using my sort of previous experience. And then ultimately, we decided that as a team, as a group, uh, my best fit was actually to be the CEO. Um, I think because I have such a, a sort of a, a variation of sort of skill sets, um, Ludre is absolutely the, the sort of the product, the chief product officer. He has the vision and and Bishel and him um, are just fantastic in what they do. But actually managing and running a business and, you know, scaling and hiring and recruiting people and, and getting that company culture and ethos right was exactly where I felt my fit was. And everybody agreed. So. So, yes, hence I'm here today as, as the CEO, the Chief Everything Officer. <laughs> Chief Everything I love it. And I love all the, just hearing that journey and, and, and learning about how you've, you've, you've done so many different things. A lot of people think they just have to stay on this one path and just keep trudging along it. When, you know, you going to PwC, like what a change to what you were used to, but look where it's now brought you. And I love the passion, the passion for the product. That is, that's something that I think really stands out in, in our community. So I wanted to just understand a little bit more about the role you think Embotica plays within the fintech space. I think from my experience and from where I've worked and, and from where I see this, um, I think that sort of our intelligent business email solution really does benefit every other business that deals with high volume shared mailboxes. Its origins are in financial services and it does deliver exceptional value here. I mean, this is where any sort of missed email that potentially is an instruction to, to um, from like a settlement instruction or um, some kind of um, instruction that where we're talking about uh, there's regulatory implication if it's missed. There's, there's huge fines in, this, in, in sort of financial services for these kind of things that go wrong and it's come through on email. Invariably, there would have been an email instruction that was sort of saying this has to be done by 4.30 today, this amount of money needs to move from this account to this account, um, you know, it, it needs to be done. And, and if that's missed, because that email wasn't seen or, or was just lost in someone's email black hole, uh, the implications of that are enormous. And, and so for me, this is really where our solution kind of fits because you have complete oversight as, as, as a manager, um, you know, and as a user of the product, if I'm what I call doing the do. So I'm, you know, an associate actually processing um, and, and, and using the system, the platform, 
it, it gives me confidence in what I'm doing because I've got a visible sort of dashboard in front of me of exactly what needs to be done. It's It's got sort of timestamps. It's It shows me exactly what I need to do on a daily basis. And I, I just think that's financial services is where our combined experience comes from. So Ludre and Vishal um, started in financial services and this was built um, because of a corporate instruction, a corporate action instruction that was missed. And on the basis of that, there was this vision of what actually it could become. And I think that's that's where I see that the solution fitting. It's not just restricted to financial services because basically any other industry that has you know group shared mailboxes, um, e-commerce, customer relations. If you look at government utilities, you know all of those kind of areas where we could we could sort of broaden out to. But, but it really does fit well in, in, in sort of financial services. And, and we have, you know, real sort of top tier one banks who are our clients now. And the, the benefits of, of this product are, are just, you know, really starting to come through as, as they've got more and more users on it. Um, there's, we have UDoMail, which I spoke to you about, is the core platform. But we've now integrated with a chat system so uh, we have you do chats we have you do analytics which is the the in-depth data analytics which is just you know showing the most incredible um, results because you can just keep digging deeper and deeper into what potentially has gone wrong or what you could improve on so yeah absolutely spot on for financial services um, in, in those sort of real high volume fast paced group mailboxes and I think it just gives that confidence for everybody that's using it that there's not going to be a regulatory breach there's not going to be you know or an, an operational risk issue yeah because I mean that that is that's everything that people are talking about at the moment are, are, are breaches and how we can keep things safe you know I, I said I said on a webinar uh, yesterday and got a few laughs you know, you've got traders in kitchens and they are the traders are in the kitchen. <laughs> So, you know, we need to be much better at, at actually having our the structures that we had in the office, the fail safes in the office. We need to make sure we can trust something else on that. And it definitely yeah. sounds that you know there was a big problem that happened, and this is this was a solution that was created out of it, and a really exciting one. So I'm really glad you shared that that story. I wanted to draw the listeners' attention to the fact that you were recently quoted in a Forbes article, which I love, and I'll tag to this podcast as well. The article was that women in fintech will play a crucial part in the COVID-19 recovery plan. I was keen for you to share your comments because I love them. Okay, thanks. So yeah, I mean, I was interviewed um, for the article and I, it was actually alongside a number of really highly experienced and, and knowledgeable women who lead fintech companies. So it was a real privilege to be asked to, uh, I, I guess for me, it was just my points that I made and, and I wanted to kind of flag was just how resilient we have to be when we're sort of thinking about shifting from the office, yeah, to the kind of working from home um, and how important it is to just kind of share those best practices and, and think about how flexible we need to be. Uh, obviously, I'm sort of leading a very small company, but actually um, I realised how ahead of the curve we were when, when sort of COVID kicked in. Um, so we're already across three different continents and remote working is literally what we do it's we don't actually even have office space now so we weren't using it much anyway so literally everybody works from home from my sort of engineers my data scientists everybody works from home so it's actually really normal 
and and for me it was about thinking about when I, when I sort of gave my comments for the article it was about thinking about how important it is um, even just as, as, a, as women you know how we're juggling how many plates do we spin and actually we should be in those boardrooms when we start when they start to talk about strategies sort of for recovery because it, it's it's in our makeup it's what we do and I'm not saying that men can't do it either I don't mean that because there are you know some really great individuals out there but actually predominantly it's women you know that are the ones that maybe have to work part-time have to sort of deal with childcare. and and for me it was just really important that we're there in those boardrooms and we have a voice because I think we all actually bring a lot of benefit the other point that I also raised um and just linking on from that sort of the office space is just the impact of things you know that's you, you can see happening already in terms of kind of the commercial leasing um you know, we had office space in um, Belfast, Mumbai and, and London, and we never used it. And actually, we've officially kind of said, that's it. We're, we're going to be a remote working team. Um, so, so, yeah, it's it, COVID has kind of made us think a bit more about how how we work. But actually, when I looked at it, I was thinking, well, we're already doing it anyway. We're already using all of the different tools and apps and communication methods that, that were necessary. Um, but yeah, so that, that was kind of the, the, the sort of key points for me about resilience and, and sort of moving forward, what that looks like. And, and I've got to say, there's a, a number of businesses that seem to have, have, I don't want to say thrived during the pandemic, but there are businesses that, that have, have done incredibly well. And I often am finding it's the businesses that were already working remotely that were already thinking about future proofing their business to virtual working and virtual progression i think it's really interesting that, you, that you've said that so i wanted to ask as my last question about how we can all work towards a more diverse workforce because i know in Vostica, um you are incredibly diverse and you love the diversity within the business and there'll be people listening here that will want to hear how you've allowed that how you've made that happen and and whether they can take a few uh, a few tips from you yeah so I, I, i'm going to be honest really really fortunate to have a, such a diverse and, and, and inclusive team um, and that's really happened from inception and, and i think it's actually in our dna i know that i'm really passionate about it and i think it for me it's i'm, I'm involved heavily in, in kind of the recruitment and, and obviously we're starting to really build and scale our team and for me it's just so important to have a, a you know an inclusive mix of, of of sort of people from you know different cultures from different ethnicities it's across the board and because everybody brings something special to the team and uh, i think that's it's important to have that sort of set of cvs that you when you're looking you know and recruiting you have all of these sort of options and and actually i like to think that i um i kind of lead by example uh, because for me it's it's about making sure that i have people from across you know sort of the, the breadth of from an inclusive sort of focus and and i can honestly say i'm really proud of the team um i have such a, a great team uh, we're very it's very small at the moment we've gone from having three people last year to we're now up to 16 and we're growing and growing um and when i've worked with recruiters it's really important that they're aware of that we actually have it on our um, our job spec you know that we we value diversity and, and inclusion 
and you know please you know even if you just want to reach out I've actually had times when I've gone for coffee with people because they've been a bit apprehensive and they've contacted me direct um, just various different things that I'll do slightly differently um, you know and uh, zoom calls coffees even before we go through a selection process just to kind of make people feel really valued and welcome and, and for me that's that's what it's all about I think the most important thing is having role models so that for me is about having people in positions where they can be seen and, and everybody else can can sort of share and, and look at that and think okay as part of my career progression that's where I want to be and I can see that it can be done because this person is here and and they're similar to me and and that's I think is is really important yeah, and I love that. And I think that that's such a, a positive note to, to end the podcast on. So thank you so much for joining us on the Women of Fintech podcast series. I've, I've loved hearing your stories. and I know the audience uh, has as well. And I bet you a lot of people will now be connecting with you on LinkedIn to find out more <laughs> about Embotica and, and how they can uh, download it and get working with you. So thank you so much for sharing your story. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Nadia. Thank you so much. Thank you.